You're listening to the Tech Life Today podcast, featuring thoughtful stories and diverse personalities of the alumni, students, and staff of the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. This is the place to learn and be entertained by people with a passion and a purpose, both inside and outside the classroom. The Tech Life Today podcast is an extension of Tech Life Today, Nate's online magazine. You can find more stories online by visiting techlifetoday.ca or by going to Tech Life Nate on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Liz Pittman. I'm a writer for techlifetoday.ca and the host of this podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Mental health is a serious and growing concern for post-secondary students juggling full course loads, tight finances, jobs, living on their own for perhaps the first time, activities, volunteerism, relationships, and so on. Surveys have found that a fifth of Canadian post-secondary students are depressed, anxious, or battling mental health issues. More than 90% reported feeling overwhelmed, 65% felt lonely, while 13% seriously had considered suicide. At Nate, the number of appointments at the Counseling Centre has more than doubled in a two-year span. 2018-19 was one of the center's busiest with more than 3,400 appointments. Anxiety was by far the biggest contributing factor, but 10% presented in crisis and another 10% had suicidal thoughts. Today, we're going to take a look at some of the reasons why mental health is such a major issue for students today and what we as a community can do to support a friend, loved one, classmate, or a student in need of help. I'm joined by clinical psychologist Dr. Tanya Spencer, who leads counseling services at Nate. And for a student perspective, we're joined by Rebecca Hahn, who is in her third year of Bachelor of Business Administration with an emphasis on marketing. Rebecca is also president of the Nate chapter of Jack.org, a national charity that encourages and enables young people to become leaders in the mental health conversation. Jack.org holds many great events on campus throughout the year to raise awareness and get people talking about mental health. Tanya, Rebecca, welcome to the Tech Life Today podcast. Thanks for joining us to kick off season two and talk about such an important topic. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Now, before we get started, I do want to mention that there will be talk of suicide in today's episode. So a trigger warning to those who prefer to avoid that. I also want to let our listeners know that we will provide a full list of mental health resources available to students on and off campus in the episode show notes. You don't have to struggle or suffer in isolation. Help is available. Rebecca, before we get into your story and talk about some of your personal experiences with depression and anxiety, I want to help our listeners understand the scope of the problem. Some of those stats about student mental health mentioned in the intro are quite concerning and show this is a problem everywhere, not just localized at one school. Tanya, is this because students are struggling more than they used to, or are we hearing more about mental health because people are more willing to talk about it? Is it becoming less stigmatized? I do believe the stigma is changing, okay. and I do believe that we are getting better at detecting depression, anxiety, among other mental health conditions. There's some speculation that the last 20 years of telling us that we have high self-esteem, you're good, you're good, you're good, no matter what you do, has actually uh, increased the chances of becoming depressed. 
but I think largely, and every year I've been at NEAT, I've noticed more and more people being more and more casual about mentioning that they are experiencing these things. The younger generations seem to be much more open about their difficulties, not because they're oversharing, but because they see sharing their story as a way of advocating mm. for themselves and for destigmatizing mental health. It's not shameful for me to talk about these things at work or at school anymore, which is a good thing. Okay. Rebecca, you're nodding a whole lot uh, <laughs> over there. I want to get your student perspective. Why do you think so many students struggle with mental health issues? I think it's because we're changing right now. Like, we're being more open. Mental illnesses has always been in everyone's life. It's just you haven't really seen the sign enough to discover that, hey, I'm kind of depressed. <laughs> um, it's just, I think, like Tanya said, that students are more being aware now because they're starting to see the sign. Mm -hmm. They start to see that, for example, their friend is being more scared, hard to breathe, heart racing, and you can see that they're sweating and you would assume that they're um, anxious because of so much going on. So that's why like seeing how other people react to mental health, you're just like, oh, I might have that. And then you start being more aware of your own symptoms and you're like, wow, maybe I am depressed. And then that's where you start digging and then finding out the diagnosis that, wow, I am <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Tanya, what is Nate doing to meet this increased demand and ensure that students have a safe and caring learning environment? Well, we've been doing a number of things. Okay. I would say the core of that would be our student counseling office where we offer booked appointments and walk-in appointments. In the last couple of years, we've been encouraging instructors to walk students down or for students to walk schoolmates down if they seem visibly upset or they're maybe not sure if they would go on their own. So building in some support that way. So yes, I would encourage anybody if they're noticing somebody struggling to do so. Uh, we, we know that when an individual is in a difficult spot, there might be a lot of reasons why they're not seeking help. And since the advent of the internet and a lot of the promotions we do at Nate, uh, everybody should be able to easily find out what are the resources. But there is still um, a hunch that there's a lot of people that haven't come to that decision yet. Mm -hmm. It's a frightening decision to make or they have so many other things going on with school or maybe they have their own kids that they haven't quite arrived at that decision yet. So we've really been talking a lot about, you know, if you're struggling personally, here are the different things available. But you can also offer compassion and help to other people. And I think that's probably where we're going to get um, a different slice of the neat population engaged with help. Because mm -hmm. mental illness isn't really the problem. Untreated mental illness is the problem. These things are highly treatable. Even feeling suicidal is highly treatable. So my analogy is a traffic circle in Paris. In Europe, people don't shoulder check because your job is to look out for the guy in front of you. So the guy behind you will make sure he doesn't run into you. And so if we all keep an eye on each other, mm 
and, you know, ask people, how is their day? Say, you look like you're not having a great day. You know, is there something I can help with? If we all look out for each other, we're not as reliant on the individual going, oh, gosh, I don't want anybody to know I'm struggling. You know, I'm here on my parents' tuition money, or I have eight classes. I can't afford to be sick right now. Um, hopefully, you know, the stranger at the bus stop or a schoolmate in the cafeteria would be the one to offer that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, our food service staff are trained in mental health first aid, so they very purposely ask people how they're doing. Oh, that's great. Um, we try to balance our in-office services with a lot of outreach and different poster taglines that are quite frank in many cases. Uh, internationally, they think that about 10% of post-secondary students are probably suicidal at any given time, which frightens a lot of people. But then the people who are out there feeling that way, if we talk about it openly, they know it's not something weird. They're not the only ones. And that treatment for those sorts of things can really be very effective. Rebecca, you are a fierce mental health advocate who also happens to have some very real experiences with anxiety and depression that started when you were in junior high. Can you share with us a little bit about what you've been through and where you turned for help? So it all started in junior high where it was the first time I found out that I had any form of mental illnesses. Um, It was around grade nine where I found out that I really was really in a dark place where my only thought every single day was I wanted to die. Like, I wanted to just not be here anymore. And it didn't help the fact that everyone was like, no, you're being an attention seeker. You're just being dramatic. Like, you're being your average teenager self, lashing out. And it wasn't that. It was more than that. I felt like there was nothing else for me. I didn't see a future. And it was just... It was a lot of added stress, and everyone assumed it was your teenage years, but it wasn't. And then throughout high school, I eventually got better just through my support system. My friends were my core support system. They helped me through my anxiety, my depression, and all those suicidal thoughts, and it helped so much till after high school when everyone started departing ways and doing their own university stuff was where it started to come back. And then for the last couple of years, if it wasn't for my best friend, and I can't stress enough, she saved my life countless times. And I mean that in the best way possible. She, when I like go through these phases where my depressions are at a really low point, I would resort and I just, I go into that dark place where I literally see nothing possible for me. And I would write these notes preparing my speech explaining why I'm doing what I'm doing and somehow she always just knows to text me at the right moment and be like hey you are loved I am here for you and I have no idea how she does it but countless times she has saved my life and I wouldn't be alive without her and I can't like this sounds really cliche but my club helped me find a way to like an outlet My club was a way for me to help others. Even if I can't help myself, at least I'm making a change in the world Mm -hmm. and helping others see their potential and hopefully saving someone's life without even realizing it. Yeah. 
So between talking to us today and being a speaker at mental health events on campus, like through your club, jack.org, or at Bell Let's Talk, you're clearly not afraid to share your story. Why is it important for you to speak so openly about your experiences? So for the longest time, I never spoke about mental illnesses. I have always thought it was such a negative thing. I have always hid in the corner where I was just isolated from this because I didn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because when you talk to someone and they're like, hi, I'm suicidal, you could see everyone's reaction where they're like, oh my God, what do I do? It was the first time last year at Bella's Talk where I was in a panelist and that was the first time ever I shared my story and I told the whole student body that I have a lot of mental illnesses. And ever since then, it started a chain reaction where I started seeing more students being like, hey, I know you don't know me, but I wanted to tell you that your story had made me find help. Your story made me realize that I have more than just the average sadness where I'm just crying all the time. Mm -hmm. And they told me that it helped them be brave enough to share their story. And I was just, that made me keep sharing my story because I like hearing that I have helped people Mm -hmm. and that it made them have the courage of finding help and helping them be better. That's wonderful. You are such an important member of of the supportive community that we have here, and I I thank you for that. So as you've both mentioned today, stigma is still a very real problem when it comes to mental health. But for some, just the thought of going to the counseling center at Nate might feel like a really big barrier to overcome. Tanya, can you walk us through what students can expect at the center to potentially help those struggling feel a little bit more comfortable with that idea? Certainly. There seem to be a few myths floating around, Mm -hmm. and some of them uh, make people apprehensive for different reasons. Some people think their problems aren't serious enough. And in part, that can be because their depression or their anxiety is convincing them that they're not worth the help. I think that's a huge barrier to seeking help. And especially when you're new to these experiences, you do question whether it's you or you haven't often developed the sense that this is my illness talking or my symptoms talking. So some people think, well, other people need it more than me. I don't want to waste their time, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. For some, it's a practical matter. You know, we're, our campus is quite large, and so not everybody has time during their break to get over to see us over mm-hmm. in the HP building. Um, but Uh, I think what we try to do is offer a a calm, kind of quiet oasis. Um, We're very aware that who's in the front office can make a big difference when somebody finally does decide to walk through that door. And it's a very kind of industrial door. (laughs) Um, You know, what's the first thing they hear when they come in? Is it, welcome, we're glad you're here? Uh, or are they going to regret having made that decision? So we're very mindful that their experience starts well before they actually are sitting in front of one of our clinicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm really pleased to see over the last couple of decades how things have shifted, that people are less apprehensive. But I do think that there will always be some who are apprehensive for some reason, and they feel like coming to us Um, is some sort of personal failing because, oh, if I can't do this by myself. Albertans have a very strong work ethic, 
And so they, and a, and a, a very independent mindset. Mm-hmm. So that can shape things. I think some people subscribe to myths that have existed for a long time, which is, well, my life is really difficult, but that doesn't make me crazy. So some people think, oh, that's for crazy people. Um, I tend not to use that word uh, unless, you know, some of us find ourselves in circumstances that feel very crazy. And the nature of some mental illnesses, you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that uh, assumption still pervades a lot of uh, different people's experience. Um, some people are wary because they don't understand that our services are private. Uh, either they're from another country where everything gets back to their family, or they think that if I go to the Nate Counseling Center, somehow my instructors will know. Right. I think that impression is dissipating, though, over the years. I have a question for both of you. You both have kind of touched on this, but I want to dive in a little bit more. Last February, just after Bell Let's Talk Day, Nate launched its first ever mental health awareness campaign, It's Okay Not to Be Okay. It was a wonderful example of how the Nate community comes together to talk openly about mental health. What can we as individuals do to help each other, whether that's supporting a friend who appears to be suffering or a classmate who you might not know very well? Mental health, of course, is still very personal, and starting those conversations can be intimidating. So do you have any advice? Um, The biggest one is that just smile at other people. Mm. It does not hurt to just look at someone and smile, and it just takes 30 seconds. You don't have to say anything. Just smile at them, and it makes it go a long way, more than you'll ever know. Or even just pass by someone and be like, I like your shoes. Just a simple compliment will start something much bigger than that. Because like when I... There's this girl that I see her at all my events, and she's not part of the club or anything. But every time I see her, like, she always has this big smile. And, like, I always compliment her smile. And ever since then, she has always just been smiling around the hallway. And it's just it's the little things that add up to the bigger picture that you don't even know. Sometimes people just need a simple smile, and it just lights up their day. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Tanya? I would agree. Yeah, it is. I think it is a lot of the little things. Uh, one thing that we encourage... Uh, the staff to do, and, and there's no reason that schoolmates can't do this too, is be honest when somebody asks you who you are or how you are yeah. and say, you know what, I'm not having the greatest day, but I'm managing. And to one thing I like about working at Nate that wasn't always possible at other places I worked is you couldn't be honest in those other places about how you were doing. You had to plaster on this smile and pretend everything was fine. Um, so I've found that at Nate, people are more open to the idea that maybe not every day is wonderful. Yep. Uh, I think that in the last five or ten years, there's a, a few influences that have convinced a lot of people they have to be awesome all the time. I think, I do think social media plays a role in that. Mm -hmm. And I think most people understand that what goes on in social media is advertising oriented and is people's sort of best moments. Highlight highlight reel. You got it. (laughs) And, but when someone's, you know, depressed or anxious, it's easy to lose sight of that perspective because especially with things, well, with both of them, there's, uh, 
an element of it that forces you to compare yourself to others because mm-hmm. we're social creatures. These things have been around since before humanity probably. And so things like social media can get inside somebody's head. And it is hard to realize that, you know, just because your friend's vacationing in Italy or something, that doesn't mean your day isn't any less important. Yeah. Um, To close, let's talk about some of the other resources that are available to students. Uh, Rebecca, can you tell us how students can get involved with Jack.org here at Nate? So with Jack, we don't want to focus on sitting around in a room for two hours and be like, hey, let's talk about depression and have it emotionally draining at the end of the event. So this year, we're really focused on creating an event that gets the conversation going. Um, There's a big event that we're coming up where I really do hope students do participate. It's called Smash the Stigma, where students will be writing a stigma that resonates with them. For example, a guy could come up and write, guys don't cry on the pumpkin. And then afterwards, they get to smash the pumpkin in the middle of cat crossing. (laughs) Cool. I will be there. That's awesome. (laughs) But it gets the message across because we're trying to end the stigma this year. We're trying to get the conversation going. It's not just about smashing pumpkins. It's trying to be involved and actually making that move to metaphorically smash what's inside that's killing you and to release that in a safe um, environment. And it's comforting because it's all safe space right there. All of our events are listed on OrgSync. So all you got to do is just go on to OrgSync Nate, log in with your campus ID, and then go to the search engine, type in jack.org Nate, and you'll be able to find that. Or you can reach us on Facebook at jack.org Nate as well. On Instagram, it's jackdotorg Nate. And then this way you could keep up with all of our previous events and you can see upcoming events as well. Wonderful. Tanya, where else can students access help? Mm-hmm. Well, NATSA provides a mental health bolt-on called mywellnessplan.ca and it has a number of advantages. They don't keep track of who goes on it. So if you have a family member or a friend, whether they attend Nate or not, you can still just say you're from Nate and you have access to a number of online tools. And for a very reasonable cost, uh, I should mention that student counseling services are at no cost. Mm -hmm. They're part of your fees. At mywellnessplan.ca, the fees are very reasonable. So if you have insurance, it's $7.50 for a session. If you don't, it's $37.50. That is dramatically lower than you would pay in private practice. One of the things that I like about it is, number one, you can access it from home. So if you have like uh, a pet or something that you would like to be with you or a friend or something, uh, you can always bring a friend to our office. Uh, They also offer services in a number of languages that we just can't provide in ours. And the last tally I heard was something like a choice of 40 different languages. Mm -hmm. And because emotions and these sorts of things resonate differently in a second language, if your second language is English, um, that might be another opportunity. They're also available much broader hours than we are. So if the only time you could uh, access counseling is 9 o'clock at night, they have people available. So that would be the main one that I think would be helpful. Okay. Well, thank you both for joining me today to talk about such an important topic. I hope that through conversations like the one we had today, we can continue to chip away at the stigma around mental health and come together as a community. And let's continue to look out for one another. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Thanks again to Dr. Tanya Spencer and Rebecca Hahn for being part of the episode, and thank you for listening. We have a complete listing of mental health resources that are available here at Nate and off campus in the episode show notes. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call the 24-hour distress line at 780-482-HELP. That's 780-482-4357. You can also visit nate.ca slash mental health. The Tech Life Today podcast is an extension of Nate's online magazine, Tech Life Today. You can find more stories online by visiting techlifetoday.ca or by going to Tech Life Nate on Facebook and Twitter. If you have feedback you'd like to share about the podcast, please email techlife at nate.ca. Thanks so much for listening. We can't wait to share more Nate stories with you.